The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Monday, August 31st. Football is upon us, and so is Gambling Week. We did Fantasy Week last week. We did Analytics Week the week before, and now we're going to do Gambling Week. We're going to look at the NFL season from a gambling perspective because people like to gamble. People love to gamble. Uh, people also like fantasy football, and uh, if you want a lot of insight on fantasy football, May I recommend you check out the debut, which is happening today, of a brand new podcast from CBS Sports. For more than a decade, Fantasy Football Today has been de- delivering league-winning analysis and advice. Now they're coming at you fast with a brand new feed. Don't worry, the old one will stay the same. It's called the Fantasy Football Today in 5 podcast, and it's your audio outlet for fantasy news and advice in five minutes or less. The FFT crew will break down what matters most to help you win your league in a quick-hitting format. Available first thing in the morning, Monday through Friday. Download and subscribe to Fantasy Football Today in 5 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, your smart speakers, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Joining me today to break down some win totals and look at uh, gambling stuff for the second time, RJ White. RJ, can you imagine me doing a uh, five-minute podcast? I could, but, you know, I don't know who would listen to it because you would never get around to whatever the topic of the five-minute podcast is. It would just know? be like record for five minutes and cut off. It would be, uh yeah, talking about beer or what happened to you in traffic that day, and then you're like, all right, uh, we had to bump our guests, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, well, next time. Uh, so maybe tomorrow we'll talk some uh, football. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening to the Pick 6 podcast. Pick 6, it'd be six minutes, I guess, for the Pick 6 podcast. <laughs> uh, today we're going to talk some win totals. Dive right into football. I'm not going to mess around and let, let five minutes go by. Um, so we, we mentioned this, was it two weeks ago? I think where are you? Are you feeling like football is here? The, pre, the lack of preseason is screwing me up. I need, I need the preseason in my life. It's really messing with me. Yeah. I, at this point, I am. When we talked, I was just getting into the prep. You know, I delayed the prep because, you know, w- w- you could and you just didn't know what was going to happen with these rosters and these rules. But after that point, when we talked, you know, I just started d- diving into things. And for this podcast, did a lot more research and for the last few weeks. So now it really feels there. I don't know if it feels 10 days away, you know, since we're going to get that first game next Thursday, but I definitely feel ready for football at this point. By the way, people can check out, uh, we did a whole best bet series on cbssports.com and, uh, you, you, uh, collected all the information from all our different writers. I actually haven't looked at the article yet, but I'm about to dive into it and, and open it up because I'm curious. Uh, one, did you order the, did you order it based on how they came into you? Did you order it based on seniority, alphabetical? What'd you do? No, I knew if I ordered, if I tried to order our writers by name, I would, you know, uh, run the risk of making somebody mad that they were too low, you know, and especially Brinson. I would have put Brinson in the top three and he still would have argued with me. He should have been above Pete. So, um, what I did is broke it down by teams because I figured everybody wants to see how their team factored in. So I split everybody's write-ups. We told everybody to just submit a paragraph of um, all three teams that they're picking in one. And what I did is I kind of pieced everything together. So the three people that took the Cardinals are at the at the top, you know, because Arizona comes first. Then whoever picked Atlanta is second, and then it goes through like that. So if you want to go check out the article and just see where your team ranked, just head over to CBSSports.com, and then you can quickly scroll down to your team and see what we think about them. Mm, I like this. This is a good way to set it up. Uh, so will we be getting more articles with the, the MVP picks and all that rolling out 
along the yeah one every day we did a win total starting today to coincide with you know our talk and then we'll get a division and playoff odds you know your best picks for each of those on tuesday uh, then wednesday we're going to talk about super bowl your best best pick for the super bowl plus your best value pick if you want to dive deeper and take a little lottery pick in the 20 to 30 to 40 to 1 however you want to do it then we go mvp and awards on thursday and then friday we'll wrap up with everybody's one best bet for week one you know we'll be a, about a week away from football then so so the one bet we were looking at, and the interesting thing is, you know, these are all in, so I know who all the picks are, and there was a very uh, disparate submission for all those. Uh, and when you look at the win totals, I think four or five people took the Cowboys, and there were some in, in the Super Bowl picks that Steelers emerged as a value pick. A lot of people are kind of picking a lot of these same teams. When you look at week one, nobody really agreed on best bets. I think there might have been a double up on one or two picks, but, but it's a lot of different things there. So we're all seeing different things when we look at the board for week one at this point. Mm. Yeah, there's some consensus here, but uh, let's get to those win totals. Oh, Breach and I have a couple of similar ones. It's funny when you see, oh, my goodness, there were, well, we'll get to it in a second, but there were six people who had a pick on the Denver Broncos. That is and, wild. And, and the interesting thing about that is it was split three and three. Like, there wasn't an agreement on that. The Broncos were the most popular pick, but we had three overs and three unders. So it wasn't like That's you great. can take our advice and run to the to the books and bet something on it. Everybody yeah, has a yeah. everybody has an opinion on the Broncos. We just don't have the same opinion. Although I think you could look at who took which things and maybe say, all right, this guy's kind of square. Like, Wilson and Prisker, you know, like, anyway. Uh, well, all right, let's get to the teams. So we'll start with your likes. And as we noted before, you're, you're probably not betting these for the full season because you're not going out to Vegas this year because of COVID-19 concerns. Um, but are you, are you, are you doing it through any side channels? You know, any, uh, no comment on side channels. We don't, we don't talk about things. Uh, Florida is not a legal betting state, so we don't talk about anything like I that. I will take that as a firm yes. Thank you, RJ. Um, but, uh, alright, so look, and you've done very well on your, your win totals in the years past. So I would highly recommend people trail these or tail these, I guess. But, you know, with the caveat, of course, that, you know, we need to get 16 games for these to count and you need to make sure that your book says 16 games, so the rules are in place, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, your, what is your favorite bet of the year? Uh, so I have six le- teams that I like, and I think out of those, my favorite, um, I like to go unders more than overs just because, oh, and I've said in this podcast in the past, the books bake more, oh, make, bake more wins that are actually possible into the board. So you can only have 256 wins in an NFL season, best case scenario. And I say best case because tie is, you know, you don't get a half for a tie. If a two teams tie, that both goes down as a loss when you're talking about win totals because you got to get to the win number. Right. So 256 is your max, and the books tend to have 260, 262, something like that. Over at William Hill right now, it's 261 wins in the system. So it's just a little bit easier to hit unders than it is overs. Um, so if you're looking for value and you're kind of torn on two teams that you want to bet on, one's an over, one's an under, I would recommend going with the under. So my favorite under right now is probably Cleveland uh, at 8.5 minus 110. I mean, eight and a half is an aggressive number for a team that had six wins last season, has a completely new coaching staff in place in a COVID environment where they didn't get the normal, you know, prep for the season, um, in the practice. So we don't know what we're going to see coming into the season with them. I think that O line could take time to, to come together with two new tackles. I think the D line has a lot of talent, but I don't know that they're completely satisfied with who they have on the D line because we found out Nagakwe got traded to the Vikings, but we found out they were in serious, the Browns were in serious cons- uh, consideration to trade for him as well. So they don't, they're not completely comfortable with what they have on the edge. Uh, that is what that tells you. And I'm not really sold on the next two levels of the defense. They're dealing with the injury to Mac Wilson. I, I don't know. He, he wasn't a star at linebacker anyway, but the guys behind him aren't going to come out and, and, and lock down that position. And then secondary has some issues with injuries for, for some of the guys. We have safety is a, is a major issue for them. So eight and a half just seems like a lot for a team with the new coaching staff and a team that hasn't had success since you know, who knows how long. Uh, and so it seems like we're all just kind of buying into the Cleveland hype again by putting that number that high. So I would go under with the eight and a half. Yeah. He said, I stand with Cleveland this year. I like Cleveland a lot as a, as a team. And I think that they are undervalued from a fantasy perspective. Like to me, Baker Mayfield is a good dynasty buy. I think Baker Mayfield is actually a decent yeah, MVP sleeper, which you can find in that article. Um, and part of that is built on the idea that Cleveland was so bad with Freddie Kitchens last year that Kevin Stefanski could come in and run a new system, be efficient about how you utilize Baker Mayfield, get him in rollouts. Odell Beckham has a bounce back season. You know, they add Austin Hooper. Uh, Jack Conklin should be able to step right in at right tackle and, and operate the run game. Use a lot of, you know, bootlegs, use a lot of play action. 
I can see a path where they win 10 games and Baker plays really well and he's in the MVP hype and, and all of that. Um, having said that, I think no team in the NFL is hurt more by this offseason than the Cleveland Browns. Because as you point out, new head coach, it's a new offensive system. You're coming off a disastrous season where you, everybody took a step back. You had a, a, abysmal tackles last year and you got, you upgraded and did a good job upgrading. But now one of them is a rookie, granted a rookie from a, a, you know, a prominent SEC school and you'd think he'd be able to make the transition fairly well, but he's a rookie at left tackle. That's in a shortened off season. That's a hard spot to be in. And then Conklin, who is, you know, former all pro, but still making an adjustment to a new team. Uh, defensively, I think Miles Garrett could be the player of the year. I like a lot of their pieces, but you point out, you know, Mac Wilson, like Joe Schubert left, Mac Wilson. So now you have, you know, questions at linebacker, questions at secondary. And to top it off, you play in a really hard division. I would not have any interest in taking the over on Cleveland at eight and a half, at seven and a half, or certainly seven or six and a half. If you, you know, if it were in a normal Brown season and they were being treated as they were, you know, back before last year, then I'm all, I, I love the Browns over, but I, I think, the Bengals are better. The Ravens are really good, and the Steelers should be improved. I don't know how you take the Browns over. I don't know how you bank on the Browns to win nine games. I think, if anything, maybe you take the Browns to make the playoffs, but then still you're probably the third-best team in the division. I, I just think it's a – I think I really like what Cleveland has done this offseason, but I don't know that I can trust all the new pieces to fall into place in in this in this pandemic-shortened offseason. Does that, make, does that seem fair? Yeah, I, it's it's okay to like Cleveland long term and the, the what direction they're moving, but it's just hard to see them coming out of the gate and being a strong team, you know, early in this season based on what they're dealing with. So I agree with you there. Okay, uh, what else do you like? What uh, give me give me your next? Uh, we'll just run through your your likes and then I'll. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just go alphabetical with the likes and let people decide which ones they like. Uh, Houston over eight plus one forty. Um, that's an over I do like because you're getting so so much price on that juice. They were fortunate to win ten last year, but they've been over five hundred in five of Bill O'Brien's six seasons and a division winner in four or five. So in four of their last five. So we know that he's bad at, at the GM job and personnel moves, but he gets out there and he can coach that team to wins. Hopkins, uh, you know, is a star, but Houston still has a lot of depth at receiver. You know, they lost their number one, but uh, if you go through their top guys, you know, the Cooks, Fuller, uh, Stills, and Cobb, I mean, that's better than a lot of top fours for a lot of teams. Um, so even losing that, uh, I think they're going to be fine at receiver. And then Watson's the best quarterback in the division by far. Uh, and so they have the third best odds, but they have the, the first, be- the best quarterback by far. I think you're getting value there. The O-line came together last year. It's been a problem for so many years. And, uh, and now it looks like it's stable. You know, they finally get come into the year with stability and uh, a reason to be positive about that O-line. And then the defense might be an issue, but they do have talent. Who knows if they add a little bit to the defense? I mean, John Reed's a good, good guy down at uh, a safety. It's a good, uh, a highly talented player. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do at corner. I think they might have some questions at, uh, at, at rush, you know, opposite of, uh, merciless, but, um, this is a team in a division that typically we don't think is going to be that strong that could come out and win the division. I like their odds to win the division as well, but plus 140 over eight when, when they've had success in the last, you know, five or six years is really good price for me. Yeah. I mean, look, Bill O'Brien as a GM is trash, but as a coach, he just gets the most out of his team. Even though sometimes I'm watching him I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you running this offense like this? Why are you forcing the ball to Carlos Hyde? Why don't you like, uh, DeAndre Hopkins? There's so many different reasons. I, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. Eight wins. I, I do think that one of the issues that I would have with this Houston team is that it feels like there are a couple of stars on the roster with Deshaun Watson. Maybe we count Will Fuller, JJ Watt, Laramie Tunsil. We're like, if all of a sudden, you know, they don't perform up to snuff or injuries happen. And we've seen that Watson's torn his ACL at the pro level. Of course, we've seen JJ Watt has been banged up a lot in the past. Uh, you know, if, th- if there's some Jenga pieces here, it feels like where if something goes wrong injury wise, there's not as much stability, um, to, to, to be able to come back from those injuries. Right. Yeah. Losing Watt would be bad. We've seen that that defense, you know, goes into the tank when he's not in there. I think any, any team loses their quarterback to injury, then, then you're screwed, you know, when you're, if you're going over a win total. So, um, I'm not too concerned about Watson. We've seen what he's played through in the past. Um, so we know that if he can be out there, he will be out there. But yeah, I do like their depth at receiver. I like what they've done at, at offensive line and they've added a little depth there too. And then the defense, 
it's probably going to be bad, but it was bad last year and they still won 10 games. Uh, so all, all you have to do is come together a little bit. Um, they do have solid talent in inside linebacker. We saw an extension for Cunningham, uh, just recently. So, um, they do like their, some of their pieces there. So it's not a, a, a defense where you're going to say that they're going to come out and be a top five unit, but there is talent, you know, on each level of that defense. Yeah, I mean, look, you're betting on a team that has won a bunch of games every single year, except for Deshaun Watson's rookie season when he didn't start immediately and then and then quickly got hurt. So I I don't, I don't have a problem with it, and it's plus one forty, and it's if they if they if they win eight games, they go five hundred. You push, it's, and the, I, I don't and know. Sorry, yeah, there's a certain, there's a certain thing to add there. I, I got a question on Twitter saying, would you take the over eight plus 140 or over seven and a half minus 110? Cause I'm sure a lot of people can see some seven and a half out there. I really love that seven and a half minus 110. You're basically playing a flat right there. And, um, yeah, you can push when you can get a win on that eight instead of a push because the eight yeah. seems to be the, the, the key number that people are, are projecting them around. So definitely go get that seven and a half if you can. Yeah. You would much rather be able to win. A hundred dollars after laying one ten if they win eight games versus needing nine to win one forty. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, like your your thirty cents is is or your forty cents is important, of course. Yeah, what I would probably do in that situation is split it two to one. Like if I'm going to bet, oh. you know, three three hundred bucks on them, put two hundred or two twenty or whatever on them, the minus one ten on the over uh, seven and a half, and then go ahead and go for that higher payout on the the plus one. I like that. I like that. Would you Would you have any thought of uh, Houston winning the division? I do like that too. Um, I, I particularly like the odds to make the playoffs since it seems like the AFC wild cards are more wide open than, 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 uh, you know, that. But wait, uh, what are they to make the playoffs? Is it like plus 135? I, I believe it's, let me check real quick. I don't have my odds, uh, you know, up right now, but sorry, that's on me. I can look. I, I know that they moved at William. Hill I just, I just Brian Wilson do. I know they moved at William, William Hill from plus 300 to win the division to plus 350. So, so at plus 350 to win the division, I loved, you know, taking that as value. If you want to take a, a higher lottery ticket pick there, but to, to just make the playoffs, they're plus 155 last time I checked. Um, and yeah, like I said, the, the wild cards in the AFC, Pittsburgh is going to get one. You'll get two teams out of the AFC North, Baltimore and Pittsburgh will be those two teams. And then really the wild cards from there are open. You know, it could be, we spec Buffalo and New England to make the playoffs, but who knows, you know, if Buffalo has some regression or if New England, the losses are just too much to deal with. And then, yeah, it could be, you, you could see anybody. And Houston has just as good a, um, a argument to make the playoffs out of any other wild card contender. Yeah, I'm looking to see. I've got, uh, yes, make the playoffs plus 146. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather take the 146 versus the 350 to win the division just because not, look, if you're taking the over at eight wins, you get to nine and seven, good chance to make the playoffs. Good, very good chance you also get a tiebreaker and lose the division. So it could be another thing where you split the bet two to one, two. If you, if you want to yeah. go that route, take your yeah. safer, you know, plus 146, put your 200 there and then put 100 on the 350. You know, it could also be a situation where you're three games in, you're like, oh my God, I bet all my, my life savings on Bill O'Brien. <laughs> and, and suddenly the Texans are like, you know, look terrible or Deshaun Watson is hurt. Uh, I was going to look at their schedule. It's impossible to find schedules anymore. Yeah, they get the Chiefs, Ravens, and yeah, Chiefs, they have a tough Ravens, start. Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers, Vikings. But you got people two and two or three and one, which is not impossible. I mean, they have Deshaun Watson and all of a sudden you're feeling great about this over. Yeah, because, yeah, obviously it gets easier from there. Jacksonville, Tennessee, they play Jacksonville twice, obviously, in that division. They're at Detroit later in the year. Um, so, yeah, they'll have some easier games to come. I would say, too, if you're thinking about betting Houston to win the division, if, you're, if you've got a book that's going to release division odds, like if you're betting at the Westgate, because they put out NFL odds every single week, you're probably going to get, if the Colts start out hot, or like the Titans start out hot, and the, and the Texans start 0-3, maybe you could wait till week three and bet it. Yeah, definitely going to get better value, you know, a few weeks into the season. So if that's your, yeah, that's a good tactic to take. If that's your, if you, if you can do that and you have the ability to wait and you go ahead and paint that bet, you know, in se- late September, you'll be good to go. And obviously I'm not suggesting that everybody can do that because everybody can't do that. Uh, what about uh, your next one is close to my heart because I said that I loved it after I flipped uh, completely on it. The New York Jets, you have to go with the under. Yeah, under six and a half minus 130. I don't know what they are on offense. You know, how is Darnold going to develop with that cast? They have, you know, a, a, a mishmash of receiving talent. Uh, we don't know how Perryman's going to shake out. Mims is a draft pick. We don't think he's going to make a huge impact early on. So it's going to be a lot of passing to Jamison Crowder and hoping for the best. You know, his eight yards, seven or eight yards that he's getting you every time he catches the ball. Um, Le'Veon Bell was a disappointment last year. That offensive line made some improvements, you know, on paper, but we'll see if it comes together. Defense lost its 
best player um, and then Mosley opted out as well. So I don't trust them to stop anyone on defense. We're, they were lucky to win seven games last year, and this team, as it is constructed, isn't more talented. So I don't see how they get to seven, uh, you know, if if everything breaks the same as it did last year. And I know Darnold missed some games, and they played well in the second half of the season, but the talent just isn't there for me for this team to get to seven when everybody else in the division is is pretty solid. I have no idea how you can – like, I like the Jets as a sleeper for a hot minute to win the division. And to just be a problem for the, you know, the people are talking about the Dolphins. I, I think the Jets could easily finish with more wins than the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins could be a, a three or four win team and the Jets could be a five or maybe even six win team. But you're right. You lose, you trade Jamal Adams. You have an offensive line where all the pieces are new. Crowd, Jameson Crowder is your best skill position guy. You know, Denzel Mims is a rookie coming in in a pandemic shortened all season. I use that phrase all the time. People get sick of it, but it's a reality of the situation. Um, and you know, Darnold, like his the consistency is that he has Adam Gase there, and Gase is already squabbling with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, everything is a mess with this team. The only reason why you would take the over here is just to be a total contrarian who thinks that this is, you know, this that's, and, or if you love Sam Darnold and you think Sam Darnold could take a huge leap, and I like Sam Darnold a lot, and I think he could take a leap. I don't know if he takes a leap this year. By the way, they're gonna they're gonna be in trouble with the contract for him. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. If you are a believer in the Jets and you think Darnold is going to take that big leap, just go over and bet him to win the MVP at a hundred to one or whatever yeah. it is. You know, I, I took a, a lottery ticket on him last year to win MVP and that, you know, fell, fell apart completely when he got mono. And then all of a sudden I'm like, how do you have that bad luck when you bet on a guy to win MVP and he gets mono of all, of all things for an NFL quarterback? So if you do like him, uh, that, that would be the route to me. Just go for that lottery ticket and, and put a little bit on it and then you can root for the Jets that way. Yeah, don't don't take the Jets over. Just don't just don't do it. Uh, all right, what's next? How about the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, Pittsburgh over nine minus one twenty. So the second over that I have out of this group. Uh, they were thirty first in points per drive last year during an eight and eight year. That's going to go way up with Ben back, assuming he's healthy and all accounts he's looked good. You know, in camp. So I'm expecting their offense to be good. That elite defense is back intact. They they brought back all the good players. They'll still be top tier, even if the turnovers come down. You know, they were really high in turnovers, so there's going to be some regression. But even if they're not, you know, elite elite top top of the number one with a bullet, you know, uh, in the NFL, they're going to be in that top five and they're going to be a strong defense. So you put those two things together, you add in coaching stability, and this is the third best team in the AFC to meet behind Baltimore and Kansas City. And I don't see why they couldn't challenge Baltimore to win the division as good as Baltimore is. You know, they just have all that stability in place and, and all that talent and good coaching. So over nine to me seems like a pretty good lock that they're going to win double digits. I I don't have a problem with it at all. The Steelers are a very good team. They have a very good defense. They have a good offensive line. They have lots of skill position guys. They add Chase Claypool, and people have been, and again, we can't see it, so we don't know, but people are raving about him at, 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 at training camp, and that should move Juju Smith-Schuster back to the slot. It all hinges on Ben. If Ben is healthy, then I think that they'll win 10-plus games, and if Ben's not healthy, then I think they'll win nine or less games. So do you want to gamble on medicals is what it comes down to. Yeah, and he wasn't healthy last year, and they won eight, you know, with with garbage at quarterback. And even if he does get hurt, who knows? Maybe Mason Rudolph takes a small step forward. Maybe Hodges takes a small step. Whoever, whoever the development of quarterback is going to be the number two. Um, maybe something happens there where they, they can win nine and get you a push. So in most cases, when you're taking the over, if a quarterback gets hurt, you can just tear up your ticket. This one they showed they were almost at nine anyway, even with uh, with Ben out all, all basically all year. I mean, he, when he played in that first two weeks, it came out that he wasn't healthy when he played, so he probably shouldn't have played anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I think you still have a shot at pushing with your nine, even if he gets hurt, because that defense is just so good. Yeah. I I don't have a problem with it, but I don't know. There's just something that something that seems off about Big Ben. just seems too easy that he's going to come back and be great. You know what I mean? Yeah, if he's well, if he's great, there they have there's they have a shot at the Super Bowl. You know, all he has to do is come come back and be good, and that offense is going to be you know go from 31st in the league to what you know 17, 18 at worst. You know, if he's absolute worst, if he's just solid, and and that plus that defense, that's going to get you the ten wins. All right, Uh, we mentioned the Super Bowl team that was there last year, the San Francisco 49ers. You're fading Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. How come? 
Yeah, I expect the Super Bowl hangover. I mean, that's very reductive to say that. You know, people hear that a lot. But I, I don't think they're the best NFC team, as the odds imply. You know, they're tied with New Orleans in most futures odds. And I think New Orleans is a much stronger team overall um, when everything's considered. They went from 4-12 and 12 to 13-3. and three. There's a lot of room to regress. It's a, it's a big gap in the middle. They could be an 8-win, 9-win, 10-win team and, and just have a few different bounces go against them, and that happens. Receiver issues are, are major. You know, a ton of injuries in camp. They keep signing guys, and those guys get hurt, too. So I don't know who's going to play receiver for them. Uh, we saw that 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 team kind of took off when they picked up Emmanuel Sanders. I know his stats weren't great in most games besides that Saints game, but you know he really opened up the offense a, a bit for them, and uh, you could see the difference, you know, pre-trade and post-trade how how he helped that team. Now that he's gone, who's going to step into that place? I don't know that Brandon Ayuk is ready for prime time, going to come come out the gates and be like a rookie of the year contender. And he's injured. And he's injured. He's a good player and he, he probably is going to get better as the season goes on as, you know, he gets worked in more, but I don't think you can expect a ton, you know, right away. And so I don't know who's catching the ball besides Kittle and then Samuel when he's healthy. Um, so Kinlaw, they got to replace Buckner that he's a talented player and that was a good pick. But who knows if he's ready to come in and, and take the league by storm right away. He's not going to be as good as DeForest Buckner was last yeah. year, you know, right at the beginning. So they'll take a step back there and then you take, you know, the regular regression that's going to come with that defense. 11 wins is a lot for that, for this team to, to get again, especially in the most competitive division in football that we expect. We're top to bottom, all four of those teams we expect to be good. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with it, especially because as we talked about on this podcast, 10 and a half wins is a lot for any football team. I mean, they, the, you know, expecting a football team, a professional football team to win 11 games is asking a lot. And they're in the toughest division of football, as you point out, if the Cardinals take a step forward and the Rams are a nine plus win team again, and the Seahawks are nine plus. Someone in that division is gonna is gonna have to disappoint. That's the bottom line. So where do you want to make? You know, it's sort of like um, we talk about in DFS. You have to make your stands. You know, like you can't have Rory and DJ and and Raleigh. you can't have all the good guys. You got to make a stand somewhere. So where do you want to make a stand in that division, right? And I think it's fair to take a stand on the 49ers going under. They could win 10 games and win the division and you still hit the under. Like it's that's not that far fetched. I, I do think that we could see them be maybe a little more I don't know if conservative is the word on offense, but like maybe sort of try and like eat like I don't know, eat clock and, and play defense just because they don't have all those weapons in the passing game. I, I don't maybe Kyle Shanahan won't care or maybe they just won't be as efficient early on. You know, if they had Trent Williams, that's a big plus. I, I think they're they're a great team, but I, I think by and large, I am perfectly fine taking an under, a double digit under almost every single time. Yeah, they added Trent Williams. He's taking over for a guy that was really good at left tackle for a long time as well. Trent so Williams is comeback player of the year. So, so it's not like he, there, that offense is going to be elevated with Trent Williams. I think at best, you know, they'll be consistent because they had a good tackle. I'm still worried a little bit about the interior of the line. Uh, we'll see if that, that plays out, but Shanahan's great at scheming up things. So I don't, I don't think you're going to just have Garoppolo back there getting plowed, you know, at, you know, every time. Um, but yeah, they could win 10 games, like you said. And I think in that division, that would be seen as a very successful season, even if it's not 13 wins and the number one seed in the NFC. And that still catches your under. So to get under my at 10 and a half at, flat basically minus 110 i think you're getting a great value there yeah i agree with you completely all right finally you're going to go to the nation's capital and you're going to bang uh bang the drum for uh probably bang the drum is a bad phrase you use for the washington football team but you do not like the over for the team formerly known as the arskins yeah we'll call them like the tbds you know the washington tbds uh so under five <laughs> Under five and a half, uh, plus 105. It's just an absolute mess of an offseason for that organization. So this year is more about building the culture. It's not about wins. If they can get through 16 games and not have any more bad stories come out and kind of everybody's kind of thinking positive and thinking the culture in the, in the, in the, uh, the organization is moving in the right direction. I think that's going to be seen as a win more than anything that happens on the scoreboard. So Ron Rivera might be in and out. He's dealing with recovery, you know, after being, uh, diagnosed with cancer. Um, it's going to be hard for that team to handle. Uh, so we'll see. Um, how they can handle it if Del Rio has to take over as a coach here and there. Defensive line is solid. It's not enough to make up for the rest of the team's mediocrity, I think. So uh, even defensively, I think they could be a problem. Offensively, we just don't know what they're going to gonna have with one good receiver and uh, and cutting their starting running back a few weeks back because of more off-field issues. So, uh, yeah, this could be the number one pick for me. It could be a two-win team, a three-win team. I think get them getting to six would be insane. I agree with you completely. It's, it's asking way too much. And I like to, I think, I think that as you point out, they can have a successful season without winning a bunch of football games. If you win four games, but you're competitive 
and Dwayne Haskins takes a step forward and Terry, Terry McLaurin looks like, you know, the bona fide stud rookie wide receiver and Chase Young has double digit sacks. No one's going to say that what a disastrous season for Ron Rivera. They're going to say, Hey, look, this organization, they're, so, you know, somebody grabbed the wheel of the Titanic and is starting to steer it away from the iceberg or like, or somebody found the reverse button is pulling the Titanic off of the iceberg. Hopefully there's not a giant hole in the bottom or maybe we can at least patch up the giant hole, whatever analogy you want. I mean, this is, this is not tur- flipping a, like turning a speedboat around. This is a, a organization that has been in complete chaos and utter disaster for decades now. And they have to figure out how to turn that around. That's going to take some time. The, the Ron Rivera thing really stands out to me. I don't see, and we talked about this and like, again, like best, you know, prayers, thought, thoughts and prayers, best wishes to Ron Rivera. He's a good man. You know, he's going to change the culture of that organization. I believe I don't see how in a COVID-19 world, you can be an NFL head coach who's undergoing chemo, some form of chemotherapy five days a week and still coaching the football team. I think it's going to be really hard for him to do that. I think we'll see a lot of Jack Del Rio. I don't think that means that. I think, I think that's a step down and not a huge, not a huge one. Jack Del Rio has, a, a, has won, has won 12 games. I don't know if you remember that. He won 12 games with the Raiders. Um, but, uh, I just think that what we've seen from Jack Del Rio with what the Redskins have leads me to believe that they'll probably be, probably eh, be more conservative, which will probably lead to more losses. So I, I'm with you on the under there. I think that's sort of a, sort of a no brainer. Yeah, and uh, they could be – they have a week eight bye. They could be 0-7 heading into that bye. They're home against Philly, at Arizona, at Cleveland, home against Baltimore, home against the Rams, at the Giants, which could be a win, but, you know, it's on the road, and then home home against Dallas. And so you're 0-7 there. You're, you're holding under six. You're thinking they have to go 6-3 and three after the bye to beat, <laughs> yeah. beat me. That's not going to happen. Right. I mean, it's not like we're talking about the, the Falcons last year who are going to magically just string together wins. I mean, this is a team that is a bunch of young players – and has serious question marks all over the board. They're not going to rip off a six and two stretch down, you know, in the final eight games. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so I, I, I tend to, I think those are all good calls. I, I don't know if I love the Texans, but, uh, but, and, and maybe I don't love the, the Steelers, but I mean, the pedigree is there for those teams. So I, I can see why you're on these teams. And I wouldn't be surprised if you went uh, six and oh with you, those best you, bets. You would love the Texans at seven and a half minus 110 though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a, a misprice. Yeah, and that, and that, and that's going to be available in a lot of places, seven and a half minus 110. So, uh, well, cause that, that's about equivalent to eight plus 140. I think the Titans are going to take a step back. Does that seem fair? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they won what nine games. Um, so they won nine we, games every year with Tannehill's not going to be, you know, the, the most efficient quarterback we've ever seen again. So they'll have to find some improvements elsewhere to, to make up for whatever regression he has. So yeah, I would agree that they're going to take a step back from the, the, uh, the win total. I don't think they're getting to the AFC title game again. Exactly. And if, if they take a step back and the Colts aren't, you know, the freaking, I mean, I feel like, I mean, I'm all in on the Colts and I love the Colts, but I feel like people are being a little aggressive in terms of how they're assuming that the Colts will just dominate. I mean, does that seem fair? And the Jaguars are going to stink. I mean, the Texans could win 10 games. Nobody should flinch, even with that tough start. Yeah, so, you're pre- preaching to the choir with the Texans with me. I don't know why I'm like reinforcing this <laughs> pick that you already made. So let's take a break and when we come back, we'll go through some more leans that RJ likes. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, so also... Those are your, your, your likes are your, your, would be your best bets, right? Like those would be the six teams you would probably bet on if you went to, if you went to Vegas today, right? Yeah. If, if you were one to put money on, on some picks, those six would be in my portfolio for this season. Okay. And then your leans are teams you're just sort of looking at 
and that you're interested in, in potentially evaluating. And first up are the Minnesota Vikings under nine. Now they traded for, there's a star here. Does that, does that mean that they traded for Yannick Ngakwe and, and you're, and you're changing your mind of their under nine? If you want to hear about Yannick Ngakwe, by the way, check out the feed. Pete Prisco and I discussed Yannick uh, being traded and Leonard Fournette being released by, uh, by the Jaguars. You can get all your Jaguars coverage on that podcast feed, but uh, where do you stand on Minnesota after the deal? Yeah, I'm not changing my mind on the pick. The stars because they were in the best bet section until that uh-huh. trade and, and they moved down to the lean section. I think there's too many losses to overcome in this offseason. It's a weak I receiver think. cord, receiver core behind Thielen, who is a good receiver, but we, he's not going to star number one receiver that's going to carry the team and we don't know what else they're going to get. Justin Jefferson's a good rookie and a good, was a good pick at that spot. We don't know that he's going to make a, an impact right away. Just, it's just hard to tell with these rookies and then they don't have much else behind them. So who knows what they're going to get from the passing game question. Questions on the O line. You're you're not a guy that lost the rookie of the year. Uh, that was very close call. He could have he could have made it, Garrett Bradbury, but he just barely missed out. Um, <laughs> questions there in the interior of the line. So who knows how that that line performs? And uh, so I don't know that that offense is going to be you know great. You know, so we don't know what to expect there. Nagakwe helps bolster the D line losses. They they really only had Daniel Hunter and nothing else on that defensive line. So he should help there. But the cornerback at cornerback they lost three longtime players. You're gonna have Mike Hughes and a bunch of rookies and young guys and Holton Hill and guys like that. Um, so we don't know what we're going to get from cornerback. So talented at linebacker, talented at safety, um, but up the middle of the defense, you know, at defensive tackle and then at corner question marks for me there. So that's a lot of question marks to, to think that this team's going to get to 10 wins. So my lean is under nine uh, minus minus one fifteen, And if that trade hadn't happened, it would have been in the best bet section. And uh, I, bu- uh, you know, full disclosure, I bumped the Niners up to a best bet. So I, I did have the Vikings in, in there instead of the Niners and, and I swapped the two teams. Oh, I think I would rather fade the Vikings and the Niners personally. It's just that number nine, you know, to win, you have to cash, you have to get to eight. And that division's pretty weak. I think anybody in that division could really win, even the Lions. And it wouldn't surprise me that much. I think anybody in that division could finish to have a bad season and finish at the bottom. And it wouldn't surprise me that much. Right, you, um, you, you saw my best bets. I like the Lions over, although now it's becoming trendy for some reason with NFL writers. So I don't know about that. Yeah. So, so just, it's e- obviously easier to hit on, under on your, on your, uh, 10 and a half pick. If you think the 49ers aren't going to be top of the top level, then, then just try to get eight wins for the Vikings. So I think yeah, probably you're going to push this if you bet it, which is why I moved it down just to the lean, but, uh, I would go under more than them getting to 10 wins for sure. Yeah. You can, the, you, there's a pathway where the 49ers are good and still cash the under. Whereas if the Vikings are good, you're probably not getting your under nine. Like they can easily get to nine and seven. And, and there's so many variables with the Packers and the Bears and the Lions that it's a little concerning. So I'm, I'm with you. I don't, plus, you know, I, I like the Vikings. I do think defensively that they could take a big step back. And if that happens, what then occurs if Mike Zimmer is first forced to, th- like, is Mike Zimmer going to let Gary Kubiak and Kirk Cousins throw a bunch if they're trailing because the defense isn't as good? I don't know. They might try and run Dalvin Cook. And, I mean, yeah, not not with that supporting cast. I don't think you're going to throw a bunch when you're starting. Who who's going to who would start? I think BC Johnson is the is the guy that would start right now. And right. he, I think he was a seventh round pick. You know, decent prospect coming out, but not anybody you want to rely on on the offense. So maybe he breaks through out of nowhere. But but it's just something you can't count on from that passing offense going into the season. Yep. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons will be throwing though. They're over seven and a half, and you like the over. I'll take the over on Matt Ryan passing yards blindly, whatever it is. Yeah, they were six and two after the bye with the coaching changes they made. They, they moved some assistants around, put Raheem Morris on the defensive side, which is where he belongs. I don't know why he was, you know, coaching on the offensive side. And then in that stretch of six and two, they beat both the Saints and the 49ers on the road. Two teams that had a combined six losses were the two best teams in the NFC last year. So this is a team that showed at the end of last year they can compete with anyone. Stability on the staff the offseason. We thought Dan Quinn might get fired before that run. Um, but, but he didn't. So now that they have, you know, stability on the coaching staff, that's going to be key in this offseason like we keep harping on stability also on the offensive line they drafted two rookies last year they had their ups and downs but you know they were still returning all the key players on that offensive line um, they might have a rookie I believe they drafted Matt Hennessy they might have him sub in at some point but it should be the first five the regular five starting out so that's going to help stability at quarterback and with their top receivers you know with their top two guys have been there so this is what you know what you're going to expect from this offense they've all worked together they, they should be able to take a step forward and that defense if it's the defense we saw in the second half last year is going to be pretty good 
good. I think Gurley is a question mark, but I mean, Freeman had a 3.6 yard per carry number. It's not like Gurley's going to be any worse than that. So there is room for the run game to improve if Gurley's healthy or if he isn't. If, you know, you see more Edo Smith and Brian Hill, who knows? Maybe they, they step it up. I think they had good uh, yards per carry numbers last year as well. So there's a lot of upside to this team. Uh, I think they could be better than the Bucks. I think everybody's kind of said that the divisions between the Saints and the Bucks. I think, I think the Saints are on a higher level than both those teams. And it's really the Bucks and the Falcons kind of battling for that number two spot in a wild card. I agree with that assessment. And maybe I, maybe I've got sort of a blind spot here with the, with the Falcons. I had maybe because they burned me when I picked them to win the Super Bowl, like a moron. Um, I just, if they don't get out to a hot start, I don't know that you can bank on it, like storming back to six and two. But again, you're just asking for 500 and you have a ton of talent on the offensive side. I'm also annoyed by the whole, like we have 11 first round, former first round picks on offense. Take that. It's like one of them is Laquan Treadwell. No, there's yeah. Todd Gurley. Like, sign were, that, now you got 12. I mean, the, we, yeah. yeah, they're not 11 first round picks on their rookie deals that we all expect them to take a step forward. Like, technically, yeah. I mean, the 49ers, after their 47th, uh, injury at receiver, they signed Tavon Austin, a former right. top, exactly. former top 10 pick. It doesn't mean anything at this point. Right. Exactly. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, you're going to fade the Ravens, take their under 11 and a half. God, that is an obscene number. Yeah, it's just a lean because it's so high, but Steelers are going to be better. I think most teams in that division are going to be better. So Baltimore is probably going to take a step back. They're not going to win 14. Uh, I think your buddy John Breach had a good stat in the article that we referenced at the top of the post about teams that win 14 games. It's just so hard for them to win uh, more than 11. So it's just statistically he's being – he made the Ravens one of his best bets, and he's banking on them to be just a typical team that regresses and only wins 10 or 11 as opposed to you know 12 to 14 again. Um, so I expect him to be very good. Lamar isn't going to be – unanimous MVP good you know that that uh, everybody just taking the league by storm and leading the NFL in so many so many categories he's still probably going to be one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the league but I, I wouldn't consider him the unanimous MVP favorite heading into the season and so in that tougher division with that I think 11 and a half is asking a lot for Baltimore so just a, I, I, it's Baltimore they have great coaches they have a lot of stability they could you know run run the table again and go to 14 wins so it's only a lean for me but just everything points to them coming in under 11 and a half uh, the, the lowest under of the year or second lowest under of the year, I guess. Baltimore's the second highest or either the highest or the second highest. Um, the Carolina Panthers under five and a half. You're getting plus money. So you're not buying the Teddy Bridgewater hype here. Uh, Teddy's great. He was great last year in a five game, five game audition, but worst surrounding cast here. Uh, I think he could regress some. I don't think we're going to get the, the, you know, five and O Teddy. He's going to have his ups and downs playing in that offense with that offensive line and, and then a young defense and a new coaching staff. It's going to take time for them to find their feet heading into this season. So I think Carolina's going to struggle. They're in a pretty good division, especially if you think that the Falcons are good like I do. Um, so I, it's going to be a tough year for me. It's another year about the culture and, and winning and build, building a, a contender for the future. So six wins seems like a lot to me in that circumstance. Yeah, I don't – I mean, they have – they're starting all rookies on defense, and their defense was terrible last year. And I just think – I think they could be – like. So I think the Jaguars and the Panthers could have good offenses – you can see my bunny quote, bunny ear quotes as Breach likes to say on youtube.com slash pick six, but like put up tons of points, tons of yards and then maybe stall out some of the red zone, but like, you know, put up points are competitive because they can score, but just can't stop anybody. And with the division the way it is, I, I, I would agree with you. I think under five, I've been sort of, I would loved under five and a half a few months ago and just sort of walk myself back the other way. I don't think so. Um, Chicago, you like the bears over eight. Yeah, they had a big regression in 2019. We knew it was coming. I took them on the, on the under in 2019. Defense was great, but not elite. Offense was terrible. They still went eight and eight. So it's eight and eight team when you're getting the worst quarterback play in the league, essentially. Defense was good enough to maintain their level. They weren't historically great, but, but, you know, they were top five level great and they could do that again. Offense has nowhere to go but up for me with, with getting fulls in there or maybe Trubisky takes a step forward. Who knows? Um, so I, I think worst case, if they're as bad as they were last year, I mean, they were in eight and eight last year. So you could still push. Um, and it's a division, like we said earlier, it's a weak division. So anybody could kind of come, come up there. So anybody that seems like they have value in that division could be better than you expect so 10 wins wouldn't really shock me for the bears i think nine and seven is is a decent possibility and at plus 110 i love taking the over i tend to agree with you actually so i just think there's people are sleeping on the bears the bears just can't win the division can't why not what did two years ago defense is good mick falls yeah i i don't know i i'm i'm in on the line so i'm out of everybody else but i i think the bears if i was picking teams to 
to win the division, given their odds, I would almost take the Bears second behind the Lions. Like I just want the value in what I don't think is a very good division. The also not not a good division, Dallas Cowboys over nine and a half minus one forty five. That is a crazy juiced up number, but I don't blame you for laying it because the Cowboys look like they could be dominant. Yeah, if we didn't have to deal with all that juice, it would have been a like. But minus 145, I'd only put it in the lean. I think they're a double-digit win team. Uh, they could have been one last year, but, you know, bad coaching. And they caught a bunch of bad breaks. You know, I think the what was their um, their Pythagorean wins was something like, you know, 10-something or maybe even 11. So 10 seems to be a lot. I love everything on offense. Defense has good depth. The coaching upgrade could be big for them. They could be a Super Bowl contender. So only getting them at nine and a half, uh, 10 seems pretty good. Pretty good locked in number for me. Minus 145. I just don't love laying that though. So it's only a lean. Okay. Um, I would take the, with the injuries the Eagles are dealing with where they've lost Andre Dillard, you know, we're seeing Jalen Rager's banged up. Seems like they could start out slow. I just think the Cowboys are clear in a way the best team in that division. And there's some value to taking, I don't know if I would take, I might just take them to win the division or take, win the, make the playoffs is a little too expensive. I don't mind the over here. You don't like, you don't love laying the juice, especially if you know you're, you're betting like 300 on the Cowboys because then you're laying a lot of juice uh, or you're outlaying a lot of money that, that's sitting there for the, for the full length of the season. But I, I think this is a 10 win team. They're going to the playoffs and they're going to be a dangerous team. And Dak Prescott's a, a legitimate MVP candidate. I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. The problem is just the juice. That's all. And so I'm with you there. Indy under nine, one at plus one of five. Oh, excuse me. Denver under seven and a half minus one of five. You're not buying the Drew Lock hype. Yeah, we said it. I think we said at the top that Denver was one of the most popular teams picked, uh, you know, in, in our staff picks, but three people took the over, three people took the under. Everybody has an opinion on them. My opinion is that I would go under with them. I know there's optimism, but that young offense is going to take time to gel. A lot of young pieces all over the offensive side. O-line's a major question mark to me. Um, if they don't hold up, will Drew Lock be able to handle the pressure? I mean, he's not, he's not Kyler Murray. He's not a, you know, number one overall type talent pick. Um, so I don't know that if the, the chips are down, he's going to carry that team. I wonder about Jarrell Casey. We think that was a great addition for them, uh, but the Titans gave him away. So is there something there where, where we, they're expecting a step back from him in, uh, in, in Tennessee, obviously, and they would know him better than any of us. So I just wonder about him a little bit. I'm not completely sold on their cornerback depth as well. You know, they have good safety play. They have obviously great pass rushers, but um, it just isn't a complete defense to me. And it isn't, and things could go wrong on the, on the offensive side. They invested in a running back, which I don't love doing, especially when you have other issues that you could have spent that money on. So chiefs are going to be good. I think the other teams in that division probably have a little bit better case to get to eight wins than the Broncos to me. Yeah, the hype surrounding the Broncos has me completely off of them. And it's, I'm sad because I like, I like Denver. I like what they got going on, but you're just a, there's just a blind expectation that Drew Locke's going to take a leap forward. I, I don't think it's the case. You got to play the Chiefs twice. Uh, the Chargers, we'll talk about them in a second. They have their own issues they're dealing with. Uh, but now I have to throw you off the podcast now because you're taking the Colts under nine wins. You have to throw me off the podcast again because I want to ask you, is Philip Rivers really a big upgrade from Jacoby Brissett? Especially the Jacoby Brissett from the beginning of the year before he got hurt. Sir, please get off this podcast. <laughs> sir, this is a Wendy's, this is, sir, this is a Wendy's drive through. Um, yeah, I think he is. I really do. And I think I, I've said this a lot. I will say it again though, because we got to repeat your points in this biz, but I do think that Tom Brady and Philip Rivers knew their time was up at the end of last year and that they were pressing throughout the season and that it was just a difficult spot because they, you know, they just, they, they didn't, they knew that they knew they were leaving and they were trying to win games and, and, and put the team on their shoulders and all that. And it didn't work out. I think Rivers would be more comfortable in the system. He's the reports out of camper that he's gelling with T.Y. Hilton, that the offense is running faster because he knows Frank Wright and Nick Sirianna's uh, system so well. The defense took a big upgrade with DeForest Buckner. I, I think Rivers is a massive upgrade over Jacoby Brissett in the second half of last year and a, and a pretty subsizable upgrade over Jacoby Brissett in the first half of last year. Plus, they have Brissett. If Rivers is totally washed, you can always go to Brissett. But they're not going to do that with the money they paid him. It's it's not like there there's any kind of controversy at all. So I would have just went with Brissett. You know, he here has a year as a starter, and I would have been a little bit more sold on Indy. I don't love the move to Gilbert Rivers. Uh, the weapons may be better in Indy, but it's dependent on youth. You know, you got Pittman coming in as you know a second round pick. You have Taylor in the backfield. Uh, who knows if that's going to all come together? Ty Hilton better stay healthy if they're going to get to ten wins. Um, Buckner's a great audition, but I don't love the secondary either. Xavier Rhodes was pretty bad last year. Um, so I think you'd be able to pass on the Colts if you have to, to win some 
some games. Um, linebacker core is obviously great. But, uh, yeah, 10 wins is a lot. Um, I think we're underselling some of the other teams in that division. Um, so getting plus 105 on under nine, I think the most best case scenario is they're probably going to, um, you know, for wins be 10, maybe 11, but nine seems like a good number to push on. And to get that plus 105 is, is why it's a lean for me. All right, so you're making your stand on Rivers versus Billy, Billy or Brinson. I see where we go here, RJ. See how it is. The Jaguars over four and a half wins. Pete Briscoe and I talked about it. Pete thinks they'll win five or six games and everybody will be hyped up about Minshew and they did really well and they'll start to give Dave Caldwell an extension and reboot and all that, blah, 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 blah. You agree with him here? Yeah, over a four and a half minus one thirty. I don't love the minus one thirty. Obviously, this was a lean before the Nagakwe trade, before the Fournette move. I don't think the Fournette move really makes a difference. Obviously, it's it's a running back move, and he wasn't very good. Uh, Nagakwe, he losing him is going to be a problem. But they do have some solid players on that on that defense. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, some youth is going to have to step up. We'll see if Jason's ready for prime time right away. Um, but Josh Allen is an emerging player. He could be the number one pass rusher on that team. We've seen. Um, so I think the offense could actually be pretty solid under Jake Gruden. Minshew. Was solid when he was thrown into the fire. Uh, he had a whole offseason to prepare as a starter. Um, didn't get all the practice that that you would love to see with the, with the team. But but you know with him and DJ Chark and what they have in the passing game, some stability on the offensive line. I mean, I don't think this is a a, a basement level team that that is the favorite for the number one pick. Like you know, I would take them over. I would take Washington as a worse team over Jacksonville. I would probably take Carolina as a worse team than Jacksonville. And you're getting one more win to win on the win total than you are for Jacksonville, which is only four and a half. So this is this isn't a case that I'm saying Jacksonville is going to be great and make the playoffs and be a nine or ten win team. But over four and a half, you know, I think they can get to five or six. I think seven is probably a best case, but I don't think that that it's necessarily out of the realm of possibility. They were terrible last year. People hated them last year. They one six games so i think seven is a decent upside for them all right um i'm not there yet with the jaguars but i don't blame you for buying low on a team like that just a lean just a lean just a lean the rams over eight and a half i am there with you here though this is a the disrespect uh involved in, in this is is outrageous they've never won less than nine games with sean mcveigh yeah, I wouldn't mind bumping this up to the best bet section. I think the best play for the Rams, though, is to take them to make the playoffs at plus 150 or yeah. to win the division at plus 450. Plus 450, just ridiculous for how good that team was in the two years before last year when, you know, they were bad last year, but they won nine games, so they weren't really awful. Uh, so all they have to do is repeat what they did last year, and you're cashing this over eight and a half at plus 110. You know, McVay's first two years were great. Still a lot of talent on defense. The linebacker is weak, but you got Aaron Donald, Brockers, Ramsey, good safety play. Um, so they're the players are there on defense, even if you have, um, you know, some issues in certain places. The offense is still led by McVay. He can coach you to, to a great offensive uh, scheme with, with, uh, with golf. You know, he's going to come back with some new wrinkles because he's a good offensive mind. And that team should come out and surprise people. I think 10 wins is probably a likely scenario for them. I think they could win the division with 11 or 12 and it wouldn't shock me considering how good they were in 2017 and 18. Um, and eight and a half plus 110 is just giving them no respect at all. Okay. The Rams. I like that bet. Love them to make the playoffs. I'm with you. That was one of my best make the playoff bets. Uh, the Saints over 10 and a half. Don't see you take a lean towards an over with double digits off in RJ, but I can't say I blame you with this one. It feels like the Saints are a little, and we, you mentioned this reference this earlier when talking about the Panthers it, in the Falcons. It does feel like the Saints are maybe a little bit undervalued in the market, but it, it's essentially just a Tom Brady factor. Yeah, the most complete team in the NFC, 10 and a half minus 110 isn't that big a price to me, uh, to, to pay for that. Uh, but because it, you know, anything can happen and 10 and a half is such a big number, it's only a lean instead of a like. You know, figure this is Brees' last year. Team's going to be motivated to get him out on top, you know, give him an Elway moment and get him to the Super Bowl. This team was good enough to get to the Super Bowl for the last three years to me. Um, and just they had some bad breaks. They had some bad officiating calls and, and, uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me to see them in the Super Bowl any of those three years. Um, so I think they could do it this year. I think they're the best team in the NFC getting 10 and a half at a flat rate of minus 110 um, is a pretty good bet for me. Okay. And finally, the last lean, the New York Giants under six. Under six at plus 100. It would have been a like, but I threw Washington up at the top and I don't like taking both those teams to go under if you're put, right. putting money on both of them. But I'm fading a new coaching staff in year one. It's unclear what we're going to get from Joe Judge. Offensive line is an issue. Discipline. 
Yeah. Offensive. Yeah. We saw that with Matt Patricia, how that worked out. Uh, offensive line is an issue could impair, you know, Jones's development. If the offensive line doesn't come together um, after Solder opts out. So they could be starting two rookies at tackle. Uh, we'll see how that works. Secondary could get roasted with their losses. Um, they, you know, they weren't good to begin with. So now it's just James Radbury and good luck after that. Um, so I, I there's so many problems with this team to think that they're going to get to seven wins and you can get, you know, even odds on getting under six uh, when the likely scenario is a push, I think is a good, good scenario for you there okay uh let's quickly run through your stayaways obviously it's the rest of the teams in the nfl uh, but what you you don't like the arizona over seven is that the juice or the yeah juice is minus 130 it's just a good division eight, it, are we going to see eight wins from every single team in that division it seems like a lot to ask exactly. and i think i like the other three teams better than arizona just you know purely looking at the team string so um if i was going to go with one pick i'd go under and get that plus 110 but seven seems to be likely for me and i do like arizona i like where they're going but it's just a lot to ask uh the chargers you have on here as the under seven and a half plus 20, 120 i bring that up because that under seems surprisingly low I don't think people are understanding the downside that the Los Angeles Chargers have in 2020. And it's pretty immense. Like I think they're a decent value to be the number one overall pick in the draft, to be perfectly frank. Um, and Derwin James, by the way, as we were recording this, the Chargers issued an update where they said Derwin James suffered a right knee injury. There's no timetable for his return. We'll have an update later. That is ominous and vague and concerning. And if Derwin James is out, that defense takes a massive hit. Yeah, if you're taking the over on the Chargers or anything positive on the Chargers, you're expecting that defense to be elite. And with the talent in place, it could. But you lose a big piece like James and the cracks starting to come. Uh, th- there's a massive downside for this. This isn't going to be a case where the team is bad and then it rallies to get to eight wins at the end of the season. Because if they're bad, Justin Herbert goes under center. They see what they get from him. And then you have no chance of winning because he's not he's not going to be ready to play in year one. So it's just that to me. I think the under is a better play there, especially with the James injury. But, I, you know, I wanted to be positive on the Chargers because that defense is so good. I just decided to stay away from it completely. Yeah, I I, I want to be I want to believe in them too. And then I don't love Denver this year, and I don't love Oakland. So I could see a path where they get to the wins. The the fact that Vegas has them at seven and a half, man, that's a red flag. Like that that means that they don't think that this team is going to come out and win. Uh, obviously, then you know if they're a ten win playoff caliber team. Or, yeah, well, they won five last year, so you could you could see why they want, don't want to get them too high. So sure. seven and a half seems about right if you want to be positive on the Chargers. You think you're going to get some money on on them going eight and eight, but you don't want to go any higher than that. You were too scared to fade Bill uh, Bill Brian, Bill Bill Belichick at uh, minus one forty five. The Patriots under nine and a half. I, I don't blame you. I assume that's basically there's a lot of unknowns about them. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, and you have to lay minus like one forty five to to. To like assume that he'll just win nine games. Uh, conversely, the Dolphins under six. I it's something I would definitely be interested in. I'm surprised you actually didn't have that a little bit higher. Uh, I kind of like the Dolphins. I, I wanted to, to buy into them a little more. I think Flores did a good job in his first year. They had some some highlight. They were terrible in the first half of the season. And we know that some of that was Rosen going in and out of the lineup. But um, but they had some positives take away. I mean, they beat a New England team that needed a win at the end of the season. Uh, so I like where Flores is going with that team. I like what they did on the defensive side. I think they could be pretty good. But they are adding a lot of new pieces in this off season. We don't know how how fast they're going to come out of the gate with that. And there's still some issues on the offensive line. So I did want to get them to seven wins i think if i could get um the five and a half number with a little bit more juice i might go the over but um but six you know getting to seven is a little bit lot for me so i would if i was going to pick it i would go under but i don't have a strong play on them either way okay um and uh detroit involved the juice or what was the deal with that yeah, just a lot of juice for Detroit. I think they can win the division. I think if you want to take a Detroit bet, I took them to win the division last year and it looked pretty solid, you know, halfway through the season before Stafford's injury because they were a competitive team. They could have easily been, I, th- I think you've brought it up, what, like five and oh, but they had like a few bad bounces. Yeah. Um, so they, they have some positives to take away. Um, I would play them to win the division if you're going to play a Detroit bet, but I wouldn't lay minus 145 because it seems like they're, they could be, uh, you know, very highly variable team where they could win nine games or 10 games win the division. They could win three games and, and Patricia could be fired. We just don't know. Okay. Uh, anything else that stands out to you from these, uh, stayaways that you would want to let the world know about? Yeah, I wanted to be on, you know, make the the Packers a little higher as under nine minus one twenty, but I just don't know how the division's going to go, and I don't think you can really be sold on both 
Packers and uh, and Vikings going under. Uh, Dubin brought up a good point in his picks for playoffs. He did a split bet on uh, Packers and Vikings both to miss the playoffs at plus one twenty. Because the rest of the NFC is really solid, and I, and pick, taking both those teams to make the playoffs, even when you have three wild cards, there's just too many other good teams. So if you want to do a split bet on both those teams to miss the playoffs at plus one twenty, you're probably going to make some money because one's probably you're probably going to make it. twenty cents or twenty dollars, twenty cents. You know, the, the yeah. And if the a good if, chance you could double down. Right. If the Bears take a step up or if the Lions are, you know, like we just said, they're, they're hit their ceiling, they could both miss the playoffs and all of a sudden you're cashing twice your, twice your bet. Yeah. All right. I like that. Okay. RJ White at RJ White one on Twitter. Go to sportsline.com. Use promo code white. You will get uh, the first month for free. You also get CBS all access with your, uh, sportsline subscription. So that's like, you know, every NFL game that's on CBS for the same price. Plus you get, uh, blue bloods. Butts. And, uh, and, um, don't sleep on, uh, Frazier. You get Frazier? All the new Star Trek up, uh, C- you know, yeah, no, uh, CBS, series. I'm joking around. CBS All Access is awesome. You also get to watch Champions League. This is the only place to watch all the Champions League games. So go to sportsline.com, use promo code white. You get your first month for a dollar and you get CBS All Access included in the login. It's a great deal and you get RJ's picks all season long. You'll be crushing it as he usually does. And, uh, like Pete Prisco will be doing a Friday pick show with us every single week. Pretty excited, RJ. I am too. Should be fun. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if we can do better. I think you beat us both last year. That so means we'll that things went south for y'all. Yeah. So we'll see if me and P can get our games together and, and be picking closer to the 54, 55 percent, which I like to try to to aim for and have been at in past years. I think I was what like fifty one or fifty percent uh, yeah. on the podcast. So. Yeah. We'll get better this year. All right. Thanks as always, RJ. Touch soon. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.